Welcome back to Future CEOs. We, if you missed it, we just had a fantastic conversation with Hubble, who have partnered with Uber. They're a small startup. They're, they're barely a year old, and yet they are doing business with one of the largest, most innovative and exciting organizations in the world. Not, it's remarkable. Not that your entrepreneurial startup is going to be stress-free, but I think that's a great example of having all your ducks in a row and it actually working for you and seeing it up front in a short space of time. But that's what they did do. They put all their ducks in a row beforehand. They, they knew exactly, play for play, how they were going to do it. Go check them out. You can go and, and look uh, for their website online. But let's move into this conversation. From a startup to a 35-year-old business. It's a family business as well, Correct. which is also adds another dynamic to it. Yes. I, I think our guest is going to have some really good insights You're for You're going to have here. a lot to talk about, Robin. Yeah, Robin, <laughs> welcome to the studio. Uh, I understand this is your first time on air, but you're on the right show for the first time on air. Yes. Thank yes. You, thanks very much for having me. It's great to be here. Um, Robin, just, just quickly introduce who you are, the business as well, and just give us a, a sense of, of, I guess, why we would want you to be in <laughs> studio talking to our future CEO's audience, please. Okay, so I'm Robin Hallef. I'm the CEO of a family company called Delhi Spices. Uh, Deli Spices is a company that uh, focuses on supplying food ingredients uh, and uh, um, sort of uh, meat-related uh, product offerings um, to to the industry in South Africa. Um, and yeah, it was a it was a business that uh, my father started 35 years ago, and uh, my brothers and I had the privilege to to take over uh, almost 25 years ago oh, and, wow. uh, and 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 really be part of an amazing growth story. Yeah, so that's, He's that's being it. very humble because they are the third largest spice supplier to meat processing industry in South Africa. That, uh, don't, don't be shy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're <laughs> don't happy. Be shy. If you want to brag, brag. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, I must say we're, yeah. we're very proud of that achievement. I think, um, sure. you know, especially when you start from a company that's uh, – Tiny, really. I mean, my father started a business. Uh, Take us back. Take us back. Oh, yeah. I mean, 19, uh, 1981. Um, my father was a, 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 a German immigrant, um, uh, immigrated to this country in 1965 uh, with my mom in tow. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, I came to, to, to uh, forge a career here in South Africa. I think um, the opportunities were here. And uh, being being uh, someone that, that worked in the meat industry, our family in Germany are still very much involved in the meat industry. Okay. So there's a very strong mm-hmm. sort of uh, connection there. And, uh, and he had a great deal of expertise that he could share here in South Africa. And was very instrumental in building very much of, of, of what the meat industry is today. You know? mm-hmm. um, so we're very proud of him. He's, he's had uh, an incredible career. He's still, still going strong. Is he still hands-on? Very much so. Yeah, you know, Daddy. Uh, you know, when you have someone with so much knowledge um, that he can share on an ongoing basis, mm. it's a, a, it's really valuable, and uh, we we tap in on, on in that on, uh, on a regular basis. I'm very interested in the dynamics that exist. We won't go there just yet. Let, let's talk about Daddy Spices. So uh, this is not if someone thinks that this is just a a, a company that. You know, cans or, or bottles, spice. I think that's the, that may be fundamental and core, but there's a whole much, a bunch more to this organisation than just that. I mean, we're talking R and D, a okay. whole bunch of other things. Can you just give us a sense of the the scope, the size, what it goes into a business like this, please? So first of all, we we're not a, a consumer related business, so we don't have any products uh, really 
that we sell directly to the consumer. We have a couple of brands that might be recognizable in 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 the in the fresh meat counters, so sort of our Camille Durang Burwurst, Vuyo's Vosh, Bush Camp, all those kind of brands. We oh. we've got registered trademarks for those. Oh, is it? And so we will supply. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, we're in the food business. You, Yo, you know, I'm getting hungry, man. <laughs> yes, correct. Yeah. We have to go to gym a lot. <laughs> sure, yes, Robin. <laughs> so, uh, so what we do is um, really we we create uh, the the solutions, the the flavor solutions for the meat industry. We will supply that pack, for instance, a spice pack to a, a butcher. He will okay. then make up that uh, that burrowos and and put it in into the into the store and 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 hopefully we'll use our brand as well to sell the product um and and so that's that's sort of in a nutshell how it works but but in terms of the size uh, it's a company that uh, employs in excess of 500 people. Mm. Um, we're located in every major city in South Africa. We have an extensive network of of uh, distribution throughout uh, the, the country. Um, so every major city has a has a warehouse uh, and a distribution network. Um, we then operate in, in Namibia, Botswana, Zimbabwe, <laughs> Zambia, Kenya. Lovely. Yeah. So it's a it's a Southern African business with mm-hmm. with great ambitions to to further expanding our business way into Africa. I'm I'm interested to now understand when you and you, you said your brother came in. Brothers. Brothers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Three of us. Um, at what stage was the business there, and how? What difference did your involvement make on the business? So the, the business was tiny. I think uh, at the time when when in fact I was the the first one to arrive back. All all three of us actually spent quite a considerable amount of time in Europe uh, in Germany. Okay. Um, studying or, or, or working and, and gaining some valuable Preparing experience. yourself to come home and operate. Yeah, I think that, that's definitely, I mean, none of us actually at the time thought that we would come back and join the family business. I think that's, that's the first thing that we need to acknowledge about a, a family business. You can't assume that the next generation is automatically going you know, to just yeah, want correct. to be participating in the process. Correct. Um, um, so, so it was an, uh, just due to, uh, um, sort of crazy reasons as to why I came back so early because I, I was still fairly young. And, um, sorry, can I ask how, how young were you? I was 21 when I came. 21. So I left, okay. I left South Africa when I was 17 and, okay. um, and came back when I was 21 okay. as well. Okay. Wow. And, uh, 21 into a family business. Into, into a family business. Okay. And, um, and uh, so, so you know, we still had conscription in those days. We we still had to go to the army, and and being a German citizen, I, I had to do the conscription uh, process in Germany as well. So I didn't want to do uh, yeah, the yeah. army in both countries. Yeah, dude, I mean. And uh, so I, I really wanted to come back to South Africa and said, well, look, if I have to do the army, then I might as well come and do it in South Africa. And that's what that. Uh, Forced me to to come back a little bit earlier, and then when we came back, it was dropped. So fortunately, I, I good timing. I didn't need to do that, uh, which which was great. And then yeah, I started to 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 work for my dad, um, and it was quite interesting uh, in the early days. Uh, you know, I, young student, um, you know, quite frankly, not not very ambitious really. I, I just wanted a job and. Get on with it. Mm. All my mates were at varsity and, and and having a good time, and and, and really, I, I I just wanted a job. But it, uh, you know, as as it evolves, you 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 suddenly realise. Hang on a second, you you're starting to identify a couple of uh, opportunities here from from what you've learnt and picked up. 
and um, and then um, yeah, it, it just it just starts uh, quite naturally by by seeing where you feel that you can add some significant value in the business. And in, and in my case, it was uh, really around the brand. I think um, my my father didn't really put much emphasis on the brand, and and the second element of it was was procurement. Um, so we were sourcing a lot of our, our ingredients locally, and mm. um, I, you know, I just said, you know, we we really need to be looking to source our ingredients direct from 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 the from from where it's produced, mm. and 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 that's where that's where the entrepreneurial flair starts coming through, um, um, because you 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 you're faced with with an idea, um, and now now you have to implement, you know, you know. How are you going to add additional value to this business? Um, how are you going to make a difference? And, and, and so I identified there was an opportunity that we, we could really, um, you know, change things. And, uh, mm. so, so there was a start of a whole new adventure, um, of, of sourcing ingredients on a global scale, mm. um, consolidating. And, and, and so the one thing led to the next thing. We, you know, we were bringing in all these products, but we were, we were bringing too many. Okay. Yes. Um, so then I had to start another component of the business, which was, Trading in spices, which mm. we never really did, we we just really manufactured and made the blends. So, um, so we started to 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 go out and find customers who who would would take a large chunk of the the spices that we're importing um, to to um, to turn the stock over and make sure that your your cash flow is working. And and I mean, I can tell you stories about how we almost sank the business because we overtraded. And well, we we want those. <laughs> tell us about. We want to hear that. G- yeah, give us an instance here. Mm. So just just um, paint a bit of a picture for us. Yeah. But, because I, I think what happens, and especially with future CEOs, we, we're talking to sometimes senior executives, sometimes to startups. This this whole range of different individuals that are different stages in their business development and the, the growth of their businesses, and they don't always hear these stories because we don't share them. Mm. Please share if you would. No, it's uh, it's um, you know as I said we were we were trading um, and and the business was really doing well. I mean we we my father was very particular about the quality of products that we produced and and so we we sourced really good quality products and and really went out of our way and, and I mean I, I've been traveling to to the east. Uh, the nice thing about my job is I've I've been able to travel the world extensively mm. and. And made some amazing friends and, and built some amazing relationships with suppliers all over the world, which is also a very key element mm. that, that one needs to talk about. And, um, and so, uh, you know, the, the business was booming. Um, and I, you know, I thought I, I was a bit of a superhero, to be honest. And, okay. and started to take larger positions thinking this is a piece of cake. And mm. every now and again, you know, the, the market sorts you out a little bit. Um, <laughs> and, and so you're suddenly sitting with a lot of stock. Uh, the market turns, you, the, the, the you know, the dollar prices start coming down. You're sitting with old stock. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then you just need one or two of your customers who hit a bit of a wobble. They can't pay you. And, and before you know it, uh, you're swiping, wiping the sweat out of your eyes and you, you suddenly realize you run out of cash, you know. And, uh, and so you, so, you know, sitting in front of my, my dad and he's like, um, so, so what are you going to do now, superstar? And, uh, <laughs> Uh, and 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 then then it's the next uh, lesson in life really it's that's the old humble pie you know picking up the phone and 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 phoning all your your suppliers and your creditors and saying guys I need your help you know this is this is what happened uh, I was very honest mm. um, and it was incredible you know how mm. how because you've got well established relationships with your suppliers and that yep. was one of the points I wanted yep. to make. Um, 
Mm-hmm. When you're in a little bit of a pickle, and I can tell you that uh, it's probably uh, a story that every successful business uh, that, that's lasted a number of years will tell you, um, that the, that you will go through a period like this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you've established good relationships with your suppliers, um, they will support you. And, and that's what I did. And I phoned them all up and I said, you know, can can we do something? Can uh, and and then you stick to your plan. You know, if you say, look, uh, it's going to take two or three months okay. to to repair the debt, and uh, then you you know you do that. You, okay. you don't you don't you don't okay. extend that even further. Okay. And, and and so so we worked our way out of the situation, and uh, and and there was a wonderful lesson learned. That's a great piece of advice. It is. It's uh, a great piece of advice. Shall, shall we talk a little bit about the fi- family dynamics? Yeah. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Uh, that it's a great a, piece of advice. Uh, yes. Uh, it's not just a father and a son. It's a father and sons. So you've got a vertical, a bit of a vertical challenge perhaps in terms of your relationship, depending on the relationship. But then you've also got this horizontal, uh, potentially horizontal, even though you may be the CEO and someone else is something else. They still, you're, you're a peer. Yeah. You're, you're a brother. How have you been able to deal with all of that? Well, to to, to really make it interesting, I'm also the youngest brother. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. And these are the days of our lives. <laughs> yeah. Love it at Daily Spices. <laughs> okay, tell us, that, tell that us, makes tell it us. very interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, I, I always laugh and say, I came home first, so I get the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, f- what first in? Uh, first come, first yeah, served. Yeah, uh, no, jokes aside, um, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I never really thought in my early years mm. that that was going to be something for me. Mm. Um, as I said, when I came back from Germany, I, I was just like normally, like any other normal young student. I was more interested in, in uh, fre- frequenting the bars than the yeah bars than, and, 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 and any customers. But um, yeah, jokes aside, I think uh, what happened was um, I, I really always thought that my oldest brother would naturally be the guy that that would want to do that. Um, so I never really gave it much thought. Um, and, and my father was, uh, you know, he's an incredible guy. I mean, he's, uh, you know, led us into his business in an early stage and just said, guys, you know, if you've got value to add, you know, show what you got. I'm not going to hold you back. That's very nice. I'm not a, I'm not a dictatorial kind of, uh, father figure that says that as long as I'm hanging around, that's, it's my rules and, mm. He, you know, on the contrary, he, you know, he's, he's always been amazing in the sense that he's been someone that can explain things very simply. And he, and he, he always uses sport as a reference point. Um, you know, in, in a business and especially in a family business, it's all about teamwork. Mm-hmm. And whoever's in a position to, to, to score the try or be, or, or make a better move, uh, that's the guy you pass the ball to. Yeah. And, and, and so it's about sharing the responsibilities and, and also it's, it's about identifying, identifying those people that have have a skill set, uh, um, something that's 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 uh, um, a positive attribute, maybe that you you're not so strong in. So so it's sharing, it's passing the ball to the guy with the strength. So you know he was he was battling with the dynamics of 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 having the the boys in the family business, um, and 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 there was in in essence at a, a time where there was a lack of leadership, and and it's not. Because my dad would would uh, disagree with me, it was just that he battled to to manage the process, mm. and um, you know we, there was a bit of uh, bickering and infighting, and people were not sure as to what they were, what they were needed to do and where the focus was. And can I jump in here? Which is often 
it's appropriate to have. Uh, so in, an, in a, a place of uncertainty, you're allowed to express concerns. You're allowed to fight a little bit so you can just establish boundaries sure. and, and determine what goes and what doesn't. Uh, I think too many of us, we try and avoid that yeah. when actually it's part of the process. Yeah, that's true. But, but at the same time, you, you, you also need to, to take a decision somewhere along the yep. line. You have to exactly. be firm. And, yep. and you know, if there's a lack of decision making, then, then you, then you also land up in trouble mm. because you don't make any. And, and, and that's sometimes yeah. worse than making the wrong decision. Constant state of flux, as they say. Exactly. Right? So, so I, I mean, I just really put my hand up one day and said, you know, I, I, you know, I really think there's, there's a lack of leadership here and, and, you know, someone should stand up and, 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 and I always thought my, my oldest brother would and put his did. hand up. Yeah. And he did. He put his hand up and he said, no, I think Robin should do it. Okay. So, uh, and no, I wasn't like, prepared for that one. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but yeah, th- that's how it worked at the end of the day. You know? And, um, and so I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Um, I'll give it a try. And at the age of 32, I took on the, the MD role of the business at the time. And, um, yeah, and it was a learning curve. And it wasn't like I instantaneously started to transform everything and mm. sort of rolled up. There was my, no magic my, there. The, yeah. You know, it's, it's a phased approach. And, yeah. and I think in many ways. Which is the wise approach. Yeah. You know, for me, it was earning respect. You know, uh, I think uh, one of the big challenges you have in a family business is that, you know, people expect that the, the next generation is going to take over and they're more likely going to have the leadership role, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so when you do take on that mantle, then, you know, Know, people say, okay, let's see what he's got, you know, and uh, can can he cut it? And 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 for me, it was really about um, doing it in a, in a more quiet and measured way, and saying, listen, mm-hmm. let me go and prove what I can do, Earning it, and, and take it from that. Correct. The, the last thing that you can do is demand respect. <laughs> yeah. When you start demanding it based on the fact that you've got some kind of leadership role, well, I tell you what, no one respects you. Mm. It's the fact. Um, so so yeah, that's how it sort of it developed, and then. And then I also had to learn about my strengths and weaknesses, uh, you know, what I was good at and what I wasn't good at. And I, and I mean, I can tell you, you know, I'm not a very good administrative kind of guy, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm poor at that. I mean, if I, my, my PA is my, my mm. life, <laughs> yeah. she runs everything. And, um, and, and because, because I know what I can, you know, what I need to do. And, and, and so for me, it was building the business around people's strengths. Identifying those people in our organization, uh, that have certain strengths and, and making sure that they're complementing, uh, weaknesses of other people. Mm. And that's, that's all it's been. It's about managing that process. Um, and, and we've brought on some amazing people into our, into our organization that have, have, have thrived in that kind of working environment because, you know, everybody has strengths. There's no one that doesn't have strengths. And if you're able to, to operate in that environment where you, where you can really, uh, sort of, um, push your strengths, you, you love it. And yeah. bloom and flourish and just reach your full potential. And the other most important thing yeah. is, is not to have the fear about your weaknesses. So many people work in organizations mm. and hide their fears mm. because someone's going to exploit it. Someone's mm. going to step on them mm. and try and go up the ladder to success. So if you can create a culture where people don't have mm. to fear their weaknesses, then, then it's great. You know, uh, in fact, people come out and they say, Hey, I'm not really good at that. Um, 
another guy says, well, I'll do it because that's something that I like to do. I was Resilient watch- entrepreneurs, you yeah. know what I mean? Just like going out there, yeah? And I was watching something the other day and this individual was describing how he he's a number one. So he is the CEO, he is the founder, but he actually would prefer to be the number two. Or the number three or the number four. And, and I think just we, we live in a culture, we live in a world where number one is celebrated, number two and number three aren't often. And so, uh, I mean, if we, if we want success, we have to have a number two, number three, number four, number five. And then we must, we must praise them, we must celebrate them because they know that they're part of the equation. They're not mm. something outside of that. Let's move the conversation a little bit to the, the JV that you guys have got, the partnership. Yeah. Uh, just talk us through that. So then, this is this is no small thing. It's another family-run business, but a large entity. Talk us through it, please. So, you know, you you you're always looking to diversify your business. You're always looking at opportunities. One of the things that you have to understand in a business, you have to keep growing. If you don't grow, you go backwards. So, mm. you know, our, our industry that we operate in is, is highly competitive. Um, we've got lots of competition mm. and, and, and they're all pretty good. Huh? Um, so you have to keep on looking for new markets and new opportunities. And, and, and so, uh, 10 years ago, we were approached by a, a, a company called Marn. It's a French flavor and fragrance company. They've been operating in South Africa for about uh, 25 years. And they said, look, we, we're looking to partner with someone who could assist us with savory blends and and you guys are blenders and we don't have that we we've been focusing predominantly on the sweet and and fragrance elements of our business um so we're looking to 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 expand would you consider working together with us um so we jumped on a plane we flew over to france uh, we met the we met the family and we were we were blown away by by, by the organization and, and the potential that exists what a great co- uh, collaboration mm. yeah and and i mean this is a a, a, a family sure. business 145 years old. Sure, yes. wow. Wow. Uh, we're into their fifth generation. Unbelievable. And, um, and sure. yeah, it's, you know, it's a massive company, uh, you know, billion euros in revenue. It's, a, it's the sixth largest flavor and fragrance company in the world, mm. and it's still a family business. Wow. wow. Yeah. Uh, so to, to be in a, in, a, in a situation where two family businesses come together, they've got the same value systems, um, and they, they're really, um, you know, uh, enjoy the adventure of, of, of growing a business and especially in Africa. Mm. Um, and they have an understanding for the African continent. They, mm. they, they're, they're well African represented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so there was a lot of synergies and, and, and so we started to work together and we, we, we came to the realization that, that there's a, there's a lot more that we can do, um, than just a JV. Um, so it was a standalone mm. entity. We had 50% each in this business and it was focusing on a particular core market of savory blends. Um, so we, uh, we as a family also needed to, to decide where we wanted to go as a business. Mm. Um, the company's grown phenomenally in the, in the last uh, couple of years and we've uh, grown into so many different sectors of the business. So, so we're not only in the, in ingredients, but we, we're in uh, meat processing equipment. We, we do natural casings and artificial casings that go with that. We do commodity trading. Um, we, we're one of the biggest, uh, distributors of soya, um, functional soya in South Africa to the meat industry. Mm. Um, 
So there's there's so many elements of our business, and not to mention the expansion to Africa, and 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 so there's there's a big growth, and and it's a and it's a business that's been funded solely by ourselves uh, throughout the years. It's mm. a, and and so it's a it's a sizable organisation, and and for us to be able to take it to the next level, um, we really need to, as a family, come together and say, you know, what what do we want to do? Yeah, uh, and, and how do we get it? And it sometimes can be difficult. I think in organisation in, in different kinds of organizations uh, where you're not sharing this constant space or, or vision, uh, you can sometimes re-energize that quite easily. In yeah. this particular instance, it's a little bit closer to home, so sometimes can be a little bit more of a challenge. Sure, sure. Um, so, so uh, you know, we, we, we said, look, um, if we want to take this to a whole new level, we're going to go and have to go and find someone that's going to walk the path with us. And, and that in its own right was a massive decision for us as a family because, you know, uh, when, when tends to be quite, um, uh, protective over what you've built. An outsider. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah. it, it, it took a lot of discussions and a lot of debates amongst ourselves. But at the end of the day, we all felt that, um, that growth was, was really what we wanted and, 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 and Africa is, is where we want to be. Mm. Um, and so we, we turned to, to our existing partners. Cause I must tell you, we, we've been approached by sure. a lot of companies. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. you know, we had American companies, European companies, sure. we had listed companies in South Africa, we had fund managers, private equity, you name it, bashing our door now and saying, guys, can we do something? And you've got to find the right partner. You, you, you've got to have mm. a synergy. And, and most importantly, the culture has to work. Mm. And, and our business is a cultural business. You know, we, we, we pride ourselves in the, the, the kind of people that work for us and, and, the, and, and what we've created. And, and, and so the fit had to be absolutely perfect. The creation of dynasties, huh? Yeah. From dynasty to legacy. What do you want to leave behind for your kids? What does your father want to see in your kids about daily spices? Because I'm sure that's that's inherited and that's something that can't be bought. No, but but I think I would adopt a very similar attitude. Uh, my, my father never put any pressure on us. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to put any pressure on my kids. Yeah. Uh, and I know my brothers feel exactly the same. Yeah. We, they're seven grandchildren and... You know, they must, they must feel that they have, uh, all the opportunities in the world. Um, some, some of, some of my nieces are, are, are very arty and, and love dance and, and things like that. And some of the boys are, are in, really focused into, into, uh, other, other areas of that, that are not, uh, related to, to our, our industry. It doesn't mean though that they don't have the opportunity to come in, mm. but we really want our kids to go out and explore the world and, and go and do things and, and make sure that when they come back, like we did, we really want to come back. Mm. So that's the first thing. And, um, and really we want to be able to, to create a space that they would be proud to be part of and, 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 and feel like they have the opportunity to take it to the next level. Um, and, and if they're not, if they're not into it, then it, it doesn't matter. You know, we, 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 we must be so obsessed with this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, have to pass it on. And mm-hmm. I mean, how many stories have you heard where, where the people kids hate it? The kids are hating oh, no, it. My dad wanted me yeah, to be a lawyer they, or a doctor. I and know, then I, and the kids are hating it. Life. Yeah. As soon as I got the degree, they walked off and went and became a chef. Correct. Mm. Correct. Uh, An actress. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly what I did. You know, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt. We could go on forever, and we really could. And he says he's never been on radio. Liar, liar, pants on fire, Robin. (laughs) It's been a very, very good conversation, and thank you for your insights. We're going to have to have you back because we have to. um, We we do two types of conversations here. Really, often it's about business, Mm. uh, the business growth of a business, but then also about a CEO, and you have a fascinating CEO story to tell. So we're going to have to have you back where we ask you just about uh, that journey as a CEO. But thank you for your time today. Maybe we've got 30 seconds, and we ask this to all of our guests. Go back to that 21-year-old you who came back from Germany and just give him some advice, knowing what you know now. My biggest advice is is patience. Mm. Um, You know, there's so many people out there that want to get to the top too quickly. Um, and especially when you're building a business and in the early years, you've got to reinvest, reinvest, reinvest. There are far too many lifestyle companies out there. Mm. The business determines the lifestyle of the individual. Put that to bed. If you want to build a big business and a successful one, patience. Patience, reinvest. Libby, how have you felt about the conversation today? What a quality conversation. Thank you so very much for your time. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. And all of you who are listening, we appreciate your time too. And we know that what we're sharing here is going to help you. So uh, join us same time, same place next week. Libby, see you then. Bye. Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com.